Sherlock Holmes. We present Barry Foster as Sherlock Holmes and David Buck as Dr. Watson in a new dramatization of the short stories by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. The Blue Carbuncle, dramatized by Bill Morrison. Merry Christmas, oh. mister. And the same to you. Been enjoying yourself, have you? If I have, what business is that of yours? What is that there? Isn't it plain to see? It is a goose. Now let me pass. He's not very polite. This is the season of goodwill. Ain't it, Charlie? Yes. It's a fat bird. Make a nice present for somebody. Out of my way, the pair of you. You have the front. I'll have the back. Oh, no, you don't. Don't don't come too near me. No, no, keep away. Now, Mr. Kelly. Hey, hey there. Hey, look out, Charlie. Come on. Run for it. Hey, stop. Stop. You. You look out that window. Oh, good heavens. Hey, stop a minute. Here, you've left your goose. Now, why would he run off and leave it? And he's left his hat. I see the initials H.B. are in the lining of the hat. And, Mr. Holmes, there's a card side of the goose's leg for Mrs. Henry Baker. But no address. It's a fine bird. Why did he run off and leave it, Mr. Holmes? You were wearing your uniform, Peterson. The man had just broken a window. He was in a state of excitement, probably cuddled. In the dark, he would not see that your uniform is not that of the police, but that of the commissioner. Yeah. How can we return it to him? Okay. There must be thousands of Henry Bakers. And all we have is his hat. <sighs> not much to go on, eh, Holmes? Consider the hat, Watson. Oh. Well, it's uh, the worst wear. Cracks. Dusty. Spotted. Blinding discolored. Ah, yes. And pierced in the brim for a hat securer against the wind. But the elastic is missing. Chuck mm, down on his lap. Yes. Well, uh, that's all I can see. And that is everything. But you must have reason from what you see. It is, of course, obvious that the man was both intelligent and fairly well to do within the last three. A man of some foresight, and even now retaining some self-respect. We already know that his decline is probably due to drink, which may account for the fact that his wife has ceased to love him. My dear folks, how can you deduce that? Hat. 
not been brushed for weeks. He's a bachelor. Remember the card on the goose? Oh, yes. He was bringing it home as a peace offering to his wife. Oh, poor chap. Did you tell him home empty-handed? Uh, do you notice the hat is a very large size? A man with so large a brain must have something in it. Uh, this hat is three years old because this style of brim came in then. It's expensive. He's not been able to afford one since, so he's gone down in the world. He's a man who leads a sedentary life, is out of training entirely, is middle-aged, has grizzled hair, which he's had cut within the last few days, and which he anoints with lime cream. Well, these are the more patent facts which are to be deduced from this hat. Also, by the way, it's extremely unlikely that he has gas laid on in his house. <laughs> Do you know that? Tallow stones here. Probably from walking upstairs at night, hat in one hand and a candle in the other. You said this man had foresight. The hat secure. Of course. Yes, they're never sold on hats. They have to be ordered. The elastic has been broken and not replaced. Well, further evidence of the decline in his fortune, really. Yes. You don't think he might have stolen the goods? No, he's not entirely lost his self-respect. Uh, as you see here, he's tried to conceal some stones by daubing them with ink. <laughs> oh, yes, I can smell the lime cream now. The nose shows up a large number of hair ends, clean cut by a barber's scissors, and they're mostly grey. And those marks there show that the wearer perspired very freely, so he is middle-aged and unfit. Very ingenious, but it doesn't help the boy chap get back his goose. Uh, by the way, what has been done with it? We've had no inquiries. There's been no advertisements in papers. Had to be cooked. Uh, Peterson's wife should be resting it at this moment. Mr. Holmes! Mm -hmm. Mr. Holmes! Yes, what is it, Peterson? The goose, sir! The goose! <laughs> Don't tell me the bird has flown. No! Look what my wife found in its crop. It's some sort of jewel. Precious stone. A diamond or some such. By Jove, Peterson, it is the precious stone. Where's the time? Yes, yes, yes. Look at the advertisements there. Reward offered for return of the Countess of Morcar's blue carbuncle, which is described as this. Exactly. Peterson has found the blue carbuncle. And he says there's a reward offered of a thousand pounds. A thousand pounds? Good Lord. I'll have to sit down. Ah, here we are. Court report. It was lost at the Hotel Cosmopolitan on the 22nd of December, five days ago. John Horner, plumber by trade, was accused of having abstracted it from the latest jewel case. James Ryder, upper attendant at the hotel, gave his evidence that he had shown Horner up to the latest dressing room in order that he might sell to the second bar of the grave. He's been called around on returning, found Horner disappeared, and the jewel casket lying empty. Ryder gave the alarm, and Horner was arrested the same evening, but the jewel wasn't found. Catherine Cusack, maid to the Countess, the person to having heard Ryder's cry of dismay on discovering the robbery, and to having rushed into the room where she found matters were, as described by the last witness. Evidence of a previous conviction for robbery against the prisoner was also in is referred to the assizes. Then how did this stone end up inside a goose? That we shall have to ask Mr. Henry Baker. Well, if you declare the wager on the matter, Holmes, shall we make it a sovereign? 
You have not considered all the facts, Watson. But I'll accept. I'll see what that is. I would tend up. Are you the gentleman who advertised in the newspapers that you had found a goose and a hat? Mr. Henry Baker, come in and do. Hold tight. Come along and have a chair by the fire, Mr. Baker. Uh, thank you. Is this your hat? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, that is undoubtedly my hat. Where is the goose? We kept your belongings for some days because we expected to see an advertisement from you giving your address. We assumed you would be keen to have your goose back. I am. Then I'm at a loss to know why you did not advertise. Shillings have not been so plentiful with me as they once were. Oh. I thought the gang who assaulted me had carried off the bird, so it would be a hopeless attempt to recover it. Very naturally. Oh, by the way, about the bird, we were compelled to eat it. Eat it? Mm -hmm. Does that upset you? It represents a great deal of money to me. Does it indeed? It's a heavy loss for more reasons than one. What? Mr. Baker, we did procure another fresh goose here about the same weight. Will that answer your purpose equally well? Oh, certainly, certainly. It's a fine bird. Thank you. We do still have the feathers, legs, crop, and so on as your original bird, if you wish. Oh, that would hardly be useful to me for anything. No, sir, I'll confine myself to this one. If you don't mind, I... I'll take it now. I'd like to give it to my wife as soon as possible. It has been an embarrassing few days for me, sir, if you know what I mean. This will make a difference. Then take it without compliments. <laughs> Goodbye, sir. Oh, I want your hat. Oh, yes, of course. By the way, would it bore you to tell me where you got the other goose from? It was a very well-grown bird. There are a few of us frequent the Alpha Inn near the museum. This year, our good host, Windygate is his name, instituted a goose club for Christmas. Oh. We paid a few pence a week, and so I obtained the goose. But this will taste just as fine, I'm sure. Thank you, gentlemen. I'm much indebted to you. Yeah, well, uh, good night, Mr. Baker. Good night. Well, I have to admit, I'm certain he knows nothing about the blue carbuncle. There's a sovereign. Peter you forgot the fact that he did not advertise. We are looking for a man. He must be desperate by now. Are you hungry, Watson? Yes. Not particular. Then let us turn dinner into supper and follow up this clue while it is still hot. Ah, good evening, gentlemen. Two glasses of beer, please. Certainly, sir. It should be excellent if it is as good as your geese. My geese, sir? Yes. I was speaking to a Mr. Henry Baker, member of your Christmas club. Oh, oh yes. Well, uh, they're not our own geese, you understand. Indeed. Who's then? Well, I got those two dozen from a salesman in Covent Garden. Ah. I know some of them. Which one? A man called uh, Breckinridge. Uh, you'll be a sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Well, here's to our very good health. Oh, there you are. Oh, yes, excellent. Yeah. Huh. Good evening, Mr. Brickenridge. Evening, sir. It's a cold night. The time of year. Oh, so the ice is deep, I see. Let's have 500 tomorrow morning. Oh, that's no good. 
Then there's Sam on the stool over there. The one with the gas there. I was recommended to you. Now, can't help you tonight. Who recommended you? The landlord at the Alpha. Oh, yes, Mr. Windigate, two dozen. Very fine birds they were. Where'd you get them from? What you ask me that for, eh? There's been nothing but... Where are the geese? Who did you sell the geese to? What will you take for the geese? There's nothing special about these geese. I'm sick of hearing about them. I have no connection with any other persons who have been making inquiries. If you won't tell me, then... Then the bet is off, that's all. What bet? I wagered with Watson here yeah, that the bird we had was country bread. No, Watson. Oh, oh yes. yes. It was a guinea, wasn't it? Five pounds. Well, you've lost your five, eh? It was town bread. Get him to pay up, mister. I don't believe you. You think you know more about fowl than me? I've been angling them since I was a nipper. I'll tell you, town bread. You'll never persuade me to believe that. You like to bet, I'll have a bet with you. If you're so keen to throw your money away. I will be taking your money, for I know I'm right. A sovereign? If you insist. Right. Here's my books, Mr. Cockshaw. <laughs> now, you see this little book? That's the list of the folks from whom I bought. Mm-hmm. This is the country folk. And this in red ink is the town supplies. Third night, bring it out. Mrs. Oakshot, 117 Brixton Road. And the number? 249. 249. Now, that's the account number. And in this book... Mrs. Oakshot, egg and poultry supplier. Now, see the last entry? Mm -hmm. 24 geese at 76, sold to Mr. Windigo at 12 shillings. (laughs) Now, what have you got to say to that now? Is that proof or not? I would have sworn I was right. Yeah, you're you're too clever, mister. That's a sovereign you owe me. Well, yeah, take it. And I hope that's the last I hear of those birds. <laughs> Come along, Watson. Hey, don't you pay your debts? You have my sovereign. What about the other gentleman here? What? The first bet. Oh, yeah. Uh, a guinea, wasn't it? A fiver, actually. Aren't you going to pay him and all? Oh. Very well. Five pounds. Dash the of your house. Oh, come along, Watson. <laughs> that, that, that was very clever. Mm. Well, do we go to see this Mrs. Oakshot tonight, or do we reserve it for tomorrow? Well, let us be sure. I'm curious about these others who are so anxious about the whereabouts of those geese. Whoever they are, I fancy they must be desperate by now. The chap laid in the stall now. That's his episode, sir. I'll wager Breckenridge hasn't heard the last of those geese, and that's our man. I certainly have. Oh, my dear, what's this? Yes, right now. I tell you, I don't know where they are. I need to know. Very important. I can't help you. I've told everybody, and I'll tell you again, and this is the last time. Where's his oak shot here? I'll answer her. But what's he got to do with you? Besides, one of them was mine. Don't ask, Mrs. Oakshot. She told me to ask you. And I'm telling you to ask her. It's nothing to do with me. Now get off. I don't want to see you again. So there's a visit to Brixton. Come along, Watson. We'll see what is to be made of this fellow. Now you take that alley and I'll cut him off this way. What do you want? I think I can be of assistance to you. What? 
Jerry, you've got the wrong man. Excuse me. Just a moment. What do you want with me? I couldn't help overhearing the questions you put to the salesman just now. I think I could be of assistance to you. You? Well, who are you? My name is Sherlock Holmes. This is Dr. Watson. My business is my own. What could you know about it? It is my business to know what other people don't. I don't believe you. It's perfectly true, Mr. Uh, I didn't catch your name. Robinson. John. Uh, John Robinson. Uh, your real name. It is always awkward doing business with an alias. My business is my own. I think there is something that you need to know. Well, that may be. What is it I need to know? The whereabouts of a goose from a batch of geese. Sold by Mrs. Oakeshott of Brixton to a salesman called Breckenridge and by him to the Alpha Inn. Do you know who got them after that? It wouldn't worth your while. They went to a club of which a Mr. Henry Baker is a member. That right? is. So you are interested. Well, in a manner of speaking, yes. For personal reasons. I cannot help you unless I know your name. It's... It's James Ryder. Five pounds, I believe, was I have often observed that in matters of manner, men of otherwise excellent character can allow their judgment to be quite carried away. Come to my room, Mr. Ryder, and we'll discuss the matter. Step up to the fire and warm yourself, Mr. Ryder. You look cold. Thank you, sir. Holmes, isn't Ryder the name of the chap who is the attendant at the Hotel Cosmopolitan? The same man. A uh, Christmas goose, Mr. Ryder, a singular bag, white with a black bar across the tail. Yes, that's the one. Can you tell me where it went to? It came here. How? Oh, a most remarkable bird it proved. It laid an egg after it was dead. The bonniest, brightest little blue egg that ever was seen. I'll hang it here. Is this what you're looking for, Mr. Ryder? But then you should not have found your goose. Well, right about temptation, and a man becomes desperate. You look as if you need a brandy. Uh, I'll get him one. Hmm. I have almost all the proof I need, so there is no point in your lying to me. Do you recognize this stone? I never went wrong before, sir. I never went again, I swear. I swear to a Bible. Here, drink this. How did you hear of the stone? It was a maid, her ladyship's maid, Catherine Cusack. She told me. It was her idea. And you were tempted by sudden and easy wealth. Yes, it happened to better men than you. You knew this man Horner did drugs at your tower. You must have known that he had a previous criminal record. So you made up some small job that needed doing in my lady's room, you and your confederate Cusack, and the man was sent for. Hmm. Very well, what happened? I, I stole the stone just after he left, and it was arranged that the maid would come in just then, and it, it would be as if he... Both discovered the loss. We backed up each other's stories. What did you do with the stone? That was the problem. You see, neither Catherine nor I had any experience in these matters. Stealing it was one thing, but but afterwards, so did it. Well, you can't keep it in your room or on your person. The police might search you. I know. I know. Why didn't you think of some place to hide it? You'll have to hide it till we can sell it. You can sell it, can't you? You weren't lying. You said you could sell it. Yes. Yes, Worsley will know what to do. Can you trust him? Yes, I, I used to have a drink with him regular. Then he went to the bad got caught, and got sent to Pentonville. He's out of prison now. He knows all about thieves and how they get rid of what they steal. I know a few things about him still, so you'll have to see me right. I told you, I'll go to Worsley up in Kilburn. 
that where he lives. Then go now. I can't leave my post. It'll look suspicious. Make an excuse. I can't think. Who am I going to carry on here with this burning a hole in my waistcoat pocket? If you want the money, you'll have to do it. I suppose so. And then I'll be walking the streets with it. I wish I'd never done this. It's too late now. You have to go. Good night, Mr. Ryder. Going home early? Oh, uh, oh yes. Good night. Uh, it's you tomorrow. Uh, it's been enough excitement for one day. Oh, yes. Excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me. What? What do you want? Can you tell me the way to Piccadilly? All right. Uh, just down there. Uh, it's not far. Uh, thank you. I've got to pull myself together. Nobody's following me. Follow me? I've just got to keep going. Mr. Ryder! <laughs> Mr. Ryder! So what? What is it? Uh, oh, I'm, I'm glad I caught you. But why? Why would you oh. want to catch me? Are you, are you all right, Mr. Ryder? You must be in a hurry. It's not like you. I, I had to run to catch up with but you. Why? What is it? Uh, I, I was sent after you. Sent? Well, you forgot something. Hey, are you sure you're all right? Well, what did I forget? Your hat, Mr. Ryder. You forgot your hat. Huh? It's not like you. Oh, thank you. I'm just a bit upset. There was a, a robbery today at the hotel. Oh, I had to get evidence. I was on my way to Kilburn, but I, I thought I'd, I'd pay you over it first. Kilburn? This is Brixton. Brixton, I'm on my way to Kilburn. Oh, I changed my mind. I, I hadn't seen you for a while. I thought I'd come and see my sister. I think you need a cup of tea. You do look as if you'd had a shot. What was stolen? Some jewel or other. Oh, well, for a lot of money, was it? So they say. Did they find a thief? Yes. Oh, that was quick. Could have got the jewel back? Uh, no. Oh, well, well. Small thing like that. You probably slotted it. Wouldn't have time to hide it any other way. They're good at that. <laughs> oh, since you are here, you might as well have your Christmas present. There you are. <laughs> one for you, one for us, and two dozen for the mark. Petition. They say they've a Look at them. They wish I was all eaten. They seem to have just to swallow them ourselves. They are fine birds. Tell you what I'll do. I'll take mine with me now. I'll build up the sugar. Oh, you say so. I'll get the people. Yes, you do that. I'll get a smoke out in the yard here. You smoke in my pipe. No sooner do you arrive than you want to go out. I don't know. I'll get the smoke. You're too near, you. Oh, uh, what is this, um... You said, uh, I, I, I was feeling which was the fashion. Well, that one isn't. 
Mrs. Oakshot, Hilda Schroeder, and Catherine Cusack by Elizabeth Revel. Breckenridge, Jack Holloway, the Porter, David Strong, and Windigate and Maudsley by Ralph Lawson. The play was directed in our Birmingham studios by Peter Novis.